Hello and welcome to our podcast, Hashtag Divorce, with Audrey Zetoun, divorce coach based in London, and myself, Sarah-Jane Taster, French family lawyer practicing in international law in England and Hong Kong. In our podcast, Hashtag Divorce, we will be bringing you hope, positivity, as well as practical information about divorce and well-being, food for thoughts, and hopefully, support to help you move forward at each and every step of the divorce process. If you would like to know more about what we do when we're not doing this podcast, you can go to our websites, pasterfamilylaw.co.uk and audreyzcoaching.com. Back to today's topic. Today, we will be talking about menopause and the effect on divorce. Since 60% of divorces in the UK are initiated by women in their 40s, 50s and 60s. Until recently, menopause remained seemingly a taboo subject. So today we are joined by Fiona Cameron, who is a career and well-being coach, to talk about the effect of menopause on career change and, of course, on divorce. So hello and welcome, Fiona. Thank you for agreeing to participate to our podcast. Before we go deep into the subject, which I know you're very passionate about, um, could you please uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, thank you for introducing that so eloquently and thank you for inviting me to talk about this. And it is a bit of a passion of mine. And I feel quite strongly about this area, about midlife women, menopause, how it affects relationship and careers. So it's lovely to be able to talk uh, to you both about that. I suppose a little bit of background about myself is that, first of all, I have to say that I'm a 60-year-old woman. I just started my own business, which is about my sixth career change, which is last year. It wasn't great timing. Of course, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So there's been lots of challenges around that. And before that, I trained initially as an actress. I worked as a drama worker and was part of my own theatre company. And I worked as part of that. I worked in roles like community drama. I worked in jails. And then I went on to work in secondary schools. So I was a secondary school teacher. After that, I was a TV commercials producer. And after that, I went into advertising for about 25 years. So that was the main part of my career was in marketing and advertising. And latterly, about, um, as I said, about two years ago, I left the corporate environment to set up and re-upskill, I should say, my coaching qualifications And I also trained as a yoga teacher. I spent some time in India and came back in January of last year, very unaware of what was about to happen. So I also took some time off and did a couple of um, training courses as a yoga teacher and also upgraded my coaching qualifications. And then I became a career and well-being coach. And part of the well-being is I work mostly with people who want to develop their careers. But I also work a lot with midlife women because the well-being and the career go together. It's so important 
to start with yourself and to make sure that your well-being is good because everything else comes from that. That was quite a long introduction of myself. But I suppose that the reason why I'm a career coach is because I know what it's like to go through different career changes. And, you know, it's not easy sometimes. There's a lot of uncertainty and change that goes on. Um, but it's interesting and it's stimulating to develop yourself in lots of different ways. Yes, Fiona, I mean, we talked before about it, all your career changes and in your 50s. And I'm so, you know, amazed and, you know, in admiration of your courage, you know, and your reinvention, you know, into your, all your training, as you mentioned, yoga teacher and coach and, 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 and loads more as well as we, we talked about. <laughs> um, so yes, today we have asked you to come and talk about the menopause because it's a stage of life that can be so challenging and it is not spoken enough. On a positive note, you will uh, maybe relate to that. Um, we're starting to talk about it more today um, and we're seeing changes in the workplace um, in some companies. And as a coach, as a divorce coach, I also see so many women going through divorce in their menopause years. And it is really, really tough for them to reinvent themselves, uh, to be visible again and, you know, going through menopause. And so many questions are left unanswered. So Fiona, can you give us an insight of your personal experience, but also as a professional? And to start with, can you tell us what would you say is important to know about the menopause? Well, thank you. That's quite a big question. <laughs> um, I think, first of all, to go to my sort of personal experience is the perimenopause starts about normally, medically, it's down as being 45 plus. If you have menopausal symptoms before 40, it's called early menopause. And that that's, can be something quite different. But the symptoms of perimenopause can start from 40 onwards, you know, 45, definitely. The average age for menopause is, is 51. That's just about the average age. Mm -hmm. So around about that time, we will start to see symptoms of the menopause coming into the way that we feel, our health, our emotional, our thought process. And the change of those hormones can affect everything. Now, I say that because that's retrospectively. When I was in my career in advertising, I hit my 50s and thought, yeah, okay, the menopause, what's that? I don't really know. I had no previous education about it. And to my own admission, I was completely ignorant to what it was because it just wasn't on the agenda of anything that I had spoken about or friends had spoken about or my family or my mother, I had no idea what it was. So I started getting symptoms that I didn't even associate with menopause. And I think we all associate certain things, you know, hot flushes, feeling sort of sleepless, sleepless nights, various different symptoms, but hot flushes is probably the main one. So when I started getting other symptoms, I didn't associate that with menopause. And I realized that what I was starting to do was I was starting to get very stressed because I couldn't remember things. And my own journey was that I, I realized quite quickly it may be something to do with the menopause. And then I went on a lot of herbal things. I took some positive you know, decisions about my lifestyle 
to help that. But the one thing that I didn't associate with menopause was my lack of memory. So I had brain fog. I couldn't remember anything. And when I was in quite a high functioning job, that was devastating for me. So I actually kept that as a secret from anybody. I didn't realize I was didn't even wasn't aware of how much it was affecting me. I didn't tell my husband. I got more and more kind of anxious about it. And I went to the doctor eventually and said, I actually think I have early onset, onset dementia or Alzheimer's because I cannot remember things and I'm very scared because I think that's what's happening. And then she looked at a couple of things, asked me a couple of questions and said, it's not that you're going through the menopause. And that was relief, but also <laughs> um, a little bit like, oh, my God. And then I started to look into it. So that really affected my work. It really affected my confidence because my memory, I just couldn't remember anything. And then I started to investigate going on HRT. So for me, the most important thing to know about the menopause is to be not like me <laughs> and actually read about it, do research. It's so important for women to understand what's going on with their bodies and what to expect. And I think part of that was I didn't want to know what was going to happen to me because I was a little bit scared. And also the menopause is also surrounded with this whole other concept, cultural concept of age, you know, what it's like to be an older woman. You know, if you admit going through the menopause, people are like, oh gosh, you know, you must be a certain age. You know, it's it's really associated with that in the workplace. And it can be quite embarrassing to talk about. And a lot of people don't know how to talk about it within the workplace because there is no platform for it. It's never discussed. So I think the first thing about the menopause is to do your research and find out what the symptoms are. And I think there are, if I've got this wrong, I've, I wrote it down somewhere, but I think it's something like 34 symptoms. So some of the things that you don't think are associated with the menopause um, may well be. So I think it's an education thing. Yeah, that's such a good tip to say that there are so many symptoms. It's good to do your own research. And that's the first tip you, you're giving us. Uh, you went through also a lot of the symptoms, some of them like the mood, uh, the hot flushes, the main one, uh, the sleepless night, but also the lack of memory that you mentioned. And it's so devastating, especially when you're working and you need to remember things, obviously. And um, I was wondering, you know, if there are other symptoms you can think of. And also, you mentioned the emotions that go with it. How did you deal with your emotion at the time? You know, the, the mood swing, the brain fog, and what tips you can give us around that? Yeah, that's really interesting because there is, um, you know, I can also give some links to, um, to things, to the websites to go to. There is um, a menopause symptoms checklist, which is actually really interesting because it gives you all the symptoms and it, and it gives you a checklist and you can use that to go along to your doctor or GP and say, I am actually got these symptoms. I think I'm going through the menopause. You know, 
What advice can you give me? So that's always a really good place to start. The emotional impact of going through the menopause was completely unknown and took me completely unawares because I, I just thought, oh, it's a physical thing that happens. You know, you stop um, producing eggs and therefore um, you no longer need estrogen and progesterone to do that. And therefore they start to lower within your systems. And that cost, and the other one is to testosterone because we have all three of those hormones. And I didn't associate it with feeling things. I just thought it was a condition that was physical. And I started to mistrust myself, my memory especially. And I started to get scared and worried that I wasn't going to be able to function as I did before. And emotionally, I, I felt very self-conscious about the way that I felt, um, along with getting older. You know, we look at ourselves and sometimes, you know, we have to introduce ourselves to the, the person that's looking in the mirror because sometimes it's, a, it's always a surprise when you start to age. But I think it was that lack of connection that how I felt was also connected to the menopause. And I felt overwhelmed at times, um, quite sad um, about things because I felt that I wasn't on top of things like I normally was. And I felt quite lonely. I felt I wasn't talking to somebody, anybody about it because I didn't really know what was going on, but it felt, I was really felt um, quite lonely, quite isolated. And I wish now retrospectively, you know, I'd spoken about it, but it was so new to me. I, I, nobody spoke about it, none of my friends. So I didn't know if it was just unusual to me um, to feel these things. And I think I just felt, um, along with all the physical things where, you know, I, I didn't like what was happening to my body. Um, I didn't like that I was putting on weight. I, I felt disconnected. Um, and that did affect my relationship. But I spoke to my husband um, after I'd gone to the doctor and realized what was happening. I spoke to my husband about it and said, this is what's happening to me. Do you know anything about it? And of course he said no. And then I said, well, I'm just going to talk to you about it um, as, we, as I go through this and let you know how I'm feeling. Because he was just looking at me as if to say, I don't know what's going on and I don't know how to help you. And the, the emotions were very, very mixed. I felt like sometimes I was going a little bit um, out of control. You know, I felt as if I... I didn't trust my my brain anymore and what it was saying to me. So it can be quite a frightening time. And that's why it's so important to speak to your friends about it because they're probably going through similar things or have symptoms that you don't and you can share that. You know, speak to your partners about it and definitely speak to a medical practitioner about how you're feeling because there are things that can be done. And there is help out there and you shouldn't be feeling that on your own. I know that retrospectively, but it's not a very nice space to be in. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, your personal experience with us, because I think a lot of women listening, but also men, it will help them understand the big change. And your last comments about the fact that you discussed it with your 
partner, your, your husband, helped me to do the link with the subject of divorce. When we prepared this uh, episode, we discussed the fact that menopause was linked to ageism. And I think this all plays a role in the divorce because when divorce happens at that stage in life, there's so much to deal with. You were talking also about the emptiness syndrome, all those changes at that stage in life, the fact that you're always also talking about being financially independent or not. Can, can you give us your insight on the menopause? And I know you haven't been through a divorce, but what you think could be useful for people listening to us and going through a divorce and menopause, either women or men who can see their partner going through that? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, because one of the things that really resonated with me was when somebody said to me, menopause is not a woman's issue. It is a it happens physically to a woman, but it affects every part of your life. It affects how you interact with your friends, your work, your partners, your children, everything. And it affects every part of your life. And as you said, you know, when you're going through that, which is 45 plus, you've got lots of things like your change of your own identity, moving into being a midlife woman and what that means. You've got the empty nest syndrome. You also may have caring roles with your you know, mothers or fathers or in-laws. or, And it's the expectations of what you want out of your life as you start to get to that stage in your life. I think it's opening up a lot more for women. There's so much. I mean, I started, you know, as I said, my own business at the age of 60. And that is so important for me. And it's also having that longer life expectancy hopefully generally I know we've been through a terrible time in the last couple of years but it's really that idea of what does retirement mean what do I want to do and if you're going through a relationship crisis or you're going through difficulties or you're actually going through somewhere where that main part of your life is in disruption as well it's really important to be aware of what's going on with you and to get some support. I mean, the main thing is that if you think you have got symptoms of the menopause, that can be looked into and that can be helped, you know, either by um, HRT isn't for everybody, but there are also different things, you know, in the well-being area that you can do to alleviate some of those awful symptoms and the stats are, I think it's 80% of women will have menopause symptoms that will affect them in some way. 25% of all women, that's 51% of the population, will have symptoms that are quite devastating to them. So it's, in a way, it's, it's what we can control, what we can influence and what we can't control. And if you're going through a relationship breakdown, what you can control is what you own. And there is an expression of, they say, look after your body. It's the only place you have to live. And if you're going through a lot of ups and downs in your health, you need to know what is associated to the menopause and what is associated to other things that are happening in your life, which can be very stressful, you know, anxious, um, 
emotions and and fear fearful sometimes about the future but sometimes they all get wrapped together so i think the first thing is again is awareness awareness of what's going on with you educate yourself communicate with somebody get support and speak to somebody because all these physical emotions physical symptoms that can turn into emotions that come from the menopause can really affect everything that's going on especially if you're going through a very stressful relationship stage in your life so it's important to get help and to understand that there is help out there thank you fiona um it is so true that it's good to differentiate and separate the emotion around the menopause and the symptoms and the emotion if you're going through a divorce and or a relationship crisis and and really speak about it to a doctor and and um, be aware that you it's not the same you know they're not linked and you can deal with the menopause with as you mentioned hrt or other things or the treatment available to you um separately from the relationship issue and, and speak i think it's really important you mentioned that a lot to communicate and speak uh, around it so we know you're also a career and well-being coach and i always wonder at work you know what to do and what can be done you know, at work or what measures company can adopt to to change awareness amongst the male and female employees at work yeah i think audrey that's a really good point about the male and female employees because not just a women's issue it affects everybody and your your capacity to function well at work and that is part of your well-being at work the first thing that i would do is to a lot of people feel embarrassed uh, and i did about talking about the menopause because there was there was no kind of conversation going on about it there was no awareness within the company and that is changing it's really changing and the first thing that i would do is no matter what your age is check if your company has a menopause policy and if your company doesn't why not because every single person 51% of the population are women and every single woman who is in the workplace now whether they are 20 30 40 50 is going to go through the menopause and that may have different degrees so you know like when you have maternity you know policies paternity policies there should also be a menopause policy there and if there isn't that is the first port of call to ask well why not because there's so much information now about it and the you know the nice guidelines are a great place to start which is the national institute for health and care excellence which is the really the guidelines that um and they have guidelines about you know the menopause and what should be available to women generally to help with that and i think it's it's really about being open and finding someone that you trust within the company to discuss it with because not everybody sometimes your line manager is not the right person or sometimes you don't feel comfortable discussing it so it's about finding somebody within your company um that you can dis- discuss that with or even start up your own sort of women's group 
And if you don't want to cause it, call it the menopause group, which might be quite obvious, you know, you can call it women's group and you can discuss issues that are going on for you as a woman within the workplace. You can do that informally. And I think that would be a really nice place to discuss, you know, and you may have some key areas that you want to discuss within that. And one of them may be the menopause and or how people feel at work about their well-being. But I think there's a lot more, you know, we, I sort of through an organisation called Bloom UK, which is a charity or a, a volunteer organisation that lobbies for women within communications. And we have been lobbying for menopause policies to be introduced into communication agencies, media, advertising, creative. And, you know, it's really starting to work. There are now menopause policies being introduced. And Channel 4 was groundbreaking a couple of years ago where they were one of the first communication sort of organisations to actively support and bring in a menopause policy within the industry. So there is big steps being made forward, but it it's really about asking your own organisation, what do you have in place? And if you don't, why not? Because it's part of the diversity and inclusion and it comes under age, ageism, well-being, and women's health, um, mental and physical. Yes, and now they have to they have to do that. They have to have policies around well-being. And as you mentioned, menopause and women's health is part of that. Um, that's such a good point. And you give us a lot of tips around, you know, discussing it with someone you trust in the company and creating a women's group. Um, and also you, you shared a lot of um, associations and groups, so maybe we can put the links at the end of the podcast, we'll put that in the notes of the podcast. Would you have another, you know, we, a question we ask all our guests at the end of the podcast. Um, would you have another tip or two to share with us, you know, as a, as a professional or, or personally that you could, uh, you could give us? I have lots of tips, Audrey. I could probably <laughs> do another half an hour on that um, because I've learned so much going through that journey. And from being somebody who was, you know, completely blindsided by the menopause, which now makes me question what the heck I was doing, you know, as a woman who was approaching 50 and didn't know anything about the menopause. The first thing is, I'd say, take responsibility for your own education. It is your body. It is your well-being. Trust yourself. If you feel that something isn't right, it's not right. Something, if you are um, feeling physical or emotional or, you know, well-being changes that are going on in your body, question that and be curious about what's going on. That's the first thing I'd say. And trust yourself. I've got quite, I've got a few more because um, these are places that really helped me. There is a, a woman called Louise Newson, who is known as the menopause doctor. And she was part of the group that lobbied for the changes that have just happened with the costs of HRT, which has just been passed as a bill within um, Parliament. So um, in Wales and Scotland, um, HRT was free. It wasn't in England. Um, sure. And she's, uh, yeah, she was part of the lobbying group. So her name is Louise Newson, and she runs a website all about the menopause. It is absolutely amazing. She's called The Menopause Doctor. She also has an app called The Balance app, completely free to download. It has everything on there. It is my Bible for going for anything. Even now, 
I am on HRT. I decided that the improvements from doing it holistically and herbally weren't working for me. But I, I did a lot of research and it's not, um, it's not a magic pill. So sometimes you have to just work with a little, little bit and make some other well-being lifestyle changes along with that. There is also Liz Earle Wellbeing, and she is amazing. She is from the Liz Earle, started off with a cosmetic company. She no longer owns that. But Liz Earle Wellbeing has some fantastic podcasts on menopause, all things menopause. And it's really easy to listen to, really accessible and very, very knowledgeable. And the other thing I would say is go and visit your GP. If you're 45 plus, you do not need a blood test to diagnose menopause. And that's in the NICE guidelines. So if you have your symptom checklist and you look at that and you think, gosh, yeah, I've got a lot of these. Odds on are that you are either in perimenopause or you're going through the menopause. Go and start having conversations with somebody a health practitioner, a medical practitioner, who can give you options, advice, and educate you. And then you can make informed decisions about what you want to do with your future, your body. If you do want to take HRT, you can look into the pros and cons of that, and you can make a decision rather than it just come upon you like it did with me and then go through two or three years of, to be honest, at sometimes absolute hell. It just felt awful. And the other thing is to communicate with friends, with other women, with your partner, and also just to speak to somebody. If you're feeling terrible about the way you are and that's changed, then it may be that the changes in the hormones that you have are causing a lot of these symptoms. And if they are, knowing that, will just help you then decide what you want to do about that. But it is sometimes very frightening and scary because it actually just kind of creeps up on you. And you get these kind of filter through little symptoms that you think, oh, I feel a bit strange about that. And then it just starts to get worse. So these are the you know, opening kind of symptoms that you just want to be aware of. And the one thing that I would say is that not everybody goes through horrible, horrible symptoms in menopause. Some people don't. And there is help out there. You can get support. And there is life at the end of it. You know, I'm the person that says, you know, I'm, I'm glad I made the decisions I did. I feel so much better now. You know, and at the age of 58, I trained to be a yoga teacher. So I think we have to get rid of our own ageism with our heads and what's possible for us to do as healthy, yeah. well, amazing women that have been through all these changes in our lives and take this on with, with a passion because this is your health. You know, you own your own bodies. And whether you go through relationship issues, career issues, other issues in your life, the one thing you have control over is your own body. That so that, that would be my advice. But I've got, you know, I could go on. Oh, you're brilliant, Fiona. Thank you. <laughs> I could go on forever. There's so many pieces of advice. Sorry, I've probably run over there. And the mindset, the mindset is everything, isn't it? Because you're, you're living proof of what you achieved, you know, in the last two years or a few years. Yes. 
Uh, and also by the lightness around menopause. I mean, when can we just bring a bit more lightness around it and no stigma, I feel like, and we can talk openly about it. And it's okay, you know, it happens to 51% of the population, as you said, as you mentioned. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, the language that's used about it. Um, people make fun of hot flushes. It's, believe you me, I had um, terrible hot flushes. It's not funny. It's not amusing. It's embarrassing. And it's it can be, you know, devastating if you're sitting in meetings or sitting in doing presentations or if you're in just your normal work environment. And, and that also leads to sleepless nights. If you're having massive hot flushes, that is be aware of that. If you're if you're getting hot um, and you're having hot flushes, that can be a symptom of the menopause. But it's also to go and get support for that because a lot of people, as, as you were saying, I think earlier and when we had a conversation that a lot of people make fun of that. You know, oh, no, she's having a hot flush, she's doing this. It is not funny when you are having a hot flush and it shouldn't be viewed as that. So it's getting support for all of these things. But also, as I said, just having a word with your other female People yes. are saying, hey, look, yeah. you know, how are you feeling? I'm feeling this. The minute I opened up, all my mm. friends started talking about it. Yes. And we went into this massive dialogue because I just owned up and said, look, this is happening to me. Is anybody having these, you know, ruddy, awful symptoms? And it really, and then we, you know, we discussed things, we shared things. I didn't feel on my own. I felt like, you know, there was other people that knew and understood what I was going through. Yes, Super important. Yes. I think the friends, I mean, Sarah, you maybe can relate to, but I, a friend older than mine than me talked to me about her symptoms. And I saw that so brave as well from her to share what she went through and it affected her relationship with her husband as well. And, and I didn't know. I didn't know about it. And she, she told me all these symptoms that she was having. I mean, I felt so bad for her. But then she took action and she, you know, went to see her GP, etc. She Talk to her husband, as you mentioned, and it really helped. Uh, and sharing with your friends, I think, is, is such a, also so positive and so helpful for younger women as well who haven't experienced these symptoms yet and who don't know about it, like when it hits you and you didn't know about it. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really good point for younger women because there are some people that go into early menopause, you know, a very young age and don't know what to do with that. And there's also people, some women who are put into surgical uh, menopause or they are put into their menopause because they've had um, cancer treatments or they've had, um, you know, surgical procedures. And there's also, you know, that area that sometimes people are so concerned about um, solving the issue if they've, you know, got cancer treating that or if they've got a surgical procedure that afterwards it's not really got into how that's going to affect their hormone levels and they may sometimes go into early menopause because of that. So all this is, is the big thing is education. The more we read about it, the more knowledge we have, the more we talk about it, the more we share about the menopause, it will hopefully become something that the generations below me will not have to go through the same things that I had to go through, or in actual fact, the generation before me had to go through it. And it's, as I said, you know, we are 51% of the population and we have a right to have these health and well-being issues brought to the forefront. It is not right that women are suffering because of this. 
and not getting treatment and made to feel that it's they should have to hide that they're going through the menopause. It is not a medical, it is not really a medical condition. It is something that is normal and you go, every woman goes through it. It's not an illness, <laughs> you know, it's, it's something that happens a part, part of our natural life cycle and we shouldn't feel embarrassed about it. I think we could talk about this for hours and hours. It, it, you know, there's so much to say. <laughs> we love listening to you. Unfortunately, um, this episode has come to an end. I just wanted to ask you um, a bit more about what you do. How can people reach out to you to work with you? Can you tell us how people can get in touch with you, women mostly? Oh, that's interesting. Um, so, yes, I mean, I work, I do work with people who are interested in looking at career changes or pivots or looking at rebooting um, what they want out of their career. And often that happens when people get to midlife or a certain stage in their lives. Like I did, I was slightly older. I thought, you know what, I don't want this work-life balance anymore. I want to change this. And certainly over the last couple of years with the COVID, everybody's work relationship with workers has changed. So, I mean, I work with people who want to either reconnect with what they really want because what they may be very unhappy at the moment in their current careers or want something different. I do work a lot with midlife women because it's important for me to look at reconnecting with their own identity, what they want. Women are often associated and quite thinly spread sometimes between, you know, being a wife, a mother, a carer. They have multiple roles. So sometimes it's about reconnecting with what that person wants for their future. And some of that is looking at the well-being. Because if that is out of kilter, a lot of other things are. So I work as um, a coach um, and sometimes I work, you know, six to eight sessions. We work through certain stages of what they want to get clarity and to also just do a little mini audit of where they are in their careers and what they want out of that. And it's not prescriptive. That normally comes from the person in front of me and what they want and what's going on for them in their lives at the moment. And if you want to get in touch with me, I, you can obviously find me on uh, LinkedIn. It's Fiona Cameron Coaching. Or you can email me at fionacameroncoaching at gmail.com. I'd love to direct you to my website, but it's under reconstruction at the moment and therefore doesn't exist. <laughs> but it will be hopefully finished soon. It's really a lot of the time it's about having a chat with me about whether coaching would be suitable or the right timing for somebody that is going through career dilemmas at the moment um, and wanting something different but not knowing where to start. And sometimes coaching, as you were, uh, well know, can add clarity to those areas in their lives. Well, thank you so much, Fiona, for sharing your insight on menopause and how it can affect everyday life. We are really grateful for your time, your experience and your very useful tips. I'm sure this will interest a lot of women, but also men listening to us. Thank you so much again. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening. If you have found this podcast useful, please share, like, and comment hashtag divorce and help spread the information around you if you think it may be useful to others. If you would like us to deal with one issue in particular, or if you would like to participate to our podcast, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram by searching Audrey Zetun or Sarah Jane Taster. It would be great to hear from you. See you soon for another episode of Hashtag Divorce.